Hey guys, welcome back to Tell Me About It with Jade Iovine. I'm Jade Iovine, and every week I sit with incredible women and talk about all the things that make us human, kind of the antithesis of a success story podcast. We talk about our heartbreaks, rejections, anxieties, insecurities, the shit that had to go wrong for us to ultimately become who we are and get to where we are in life today. If you don't follow me on Instagram, a couple days ago or like earlier this week, I posted about my abortion story. Just with everything going on in Texas right now, my heart was so heavy and I just felt like it was six years ago for me and I just like couldn't really like hold it in any longer. Not everyone that has an abortion has to share it on Instagram at all. But for me, because I have this podcast and because my abortion story was such a big part of my life and really was the catalyst for my mental health journey that I've been on since, it felt like I was choking the more that I held it in. And wow is all I can really say about the response. When I tell you that the second that I posted it, I threw my phone, I'm not exaggerating at all. I threw my phone just across the room and was like, I can't look at this. But honestly, the responses have been unbelievable. I've been overwhelmed by a shit ton of women telling me their own abortion stories, some that are different than mine, some that are scarily similar to mine. So many people have reached out with just their love and support. And honestly, it feels like I can finally exhale. I woke up the morning after feeling like very different than I have in the past few years. And I really think that's why. And I really appreciate you guys catching me as I took this leap of faith. So if you haven't seen the post, it's on my Instagram and just wanted to say thank you and just tell you what I'm feeling about it now. Anyway, today we have Man and Matthews on the show. Blowing up across social media, comedian, TikTok influencer, podcaster, and author Man and Matthews creates content for her 3 million followers across all her social platforms. She entered the world of Vine stardom, oh my God, remember Vine? With hilarious videos that find the absurdity in everything, from first dates to femininity to female celebrities. Last year, she released a book called Funny How It Works Out. It's an unbelievable book where basically Manon just talks about all of the shit she had to go through, as I said earlier, to get to where she is. She talks about the time she had self-doubt in her career, the lessons she learned about marriage and divorce, and includes tons of motivational and spiritual wisdom that she's amassed over the years. Along with fellow actor and friend Johnny Carlson, Manon co-hosts the podcast Serious But Funny, double T in butt bringing listeners laughs while also digging into some real down-to-earth subject matters. Manon is a pretty rare comedian, honestly. She's incredibly funny, but like balances that with this deep sense of knowing and a large, large dose of empathy. She's wise, she's self-aware and well-adjusted, three of my favorite traits in a human being, which is rare, honestly, for someone who's been through, quite frankly, a lot of shit. Manon opened up about her DUI and recovering from the shame and the self-loathing it induced. We talked about getting sober and what that journey looked like for her. Manon was married a few years ago and she let me in on the crisis that led to her divorce, trying to make the relationship work and then ultimately having to rebuild her life and self-esteem one inch at a time. When I tell you that this story will leave you with your jaw on the floor, trust me, it's a doozy. Manon was a breath of fresh air. She was open, honest, and a real tell-me-about-it dream guest who left it all on the table. So without further ado, here is Manon Matthews. Hi, Manon. 
Hi. How are you? How are you? I had a childhood friend named Jade. She was like, did you like this? She was Hawaiian and she, I grew up with her. So I love the name. Oh my God. I love that. I never know anyone that has the same name. Yeah. Neither do I. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely true. Uh, I didn't know you grew up in Calabasas. Yeah. Where'd you go to high school? Calabasas high school. No way. Why? Did you? Oh my God. No, my boyfriend grew up in Calabasas. I grew up in like this area, like, like I, you, I'm like this area. You don't know where I am. Yeah, no. Uh, like, I grew up in like Beverly Hills area. Awesome. Who's your boyfriend? <laughs> His name's Dylan Satin. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like, I mean, you're like two years apart, I think. But oh, anyway, okay. is he younger or older than? Yeah, you? younger than you. Okay, maybe I yeah. saw him around. Oh I my god! But I love Calabasas. And yeah, you were there beautiful. before. You knew about it before the Kardashians. Oh yeah, long before. And it yeah. Now it's this whole other place where it's like, oh, Britney and Bieber and just everybody right. apparently lives there. I don't anymore. Right. I moved, I moved away like over ten years ago. But still in LA. Yeah, it's close by. It's like yeah. twenty five minutes or something from where I am now. Where are you now? In the Valley, like Toluca Lake. So always the Valley. Valley girl through and through. <laughs> I love that. Okay. We have so much to get through. You have lived a colorful life. I have. I and have. I I feel like you've done so much work. You know, like when you can tell in another person when they have the jargon, they know the therapy words and terms and things. I feel yeah. like you can tell that you've really done a lot of self-work. I take that as a strong compliment oh it is and at the same time I'm trying to undo all the work I'd done (laughs) like lately lately I'm just like this is like I don't know if it was a I think it was like an acting coach or something lately she was like can you stop reading self-help books because and I really heard that I was like you're no you know what I am kind of done I think I'm done doing the work and now I'm just gonna be messy I'm in a very messy stage of my life and it's actually more healing than all the 10 years of work right. that I did. It's like sometimes right. you got to, it's like improv. You got to learn all the tool, like all the rules. You got to play within the lines and then just have fun and then just, just go. It's so true. It's, I'm kind of like, I'm rounding a corner in therapy for sure. That's like, I'm so sick of myself. Like when I go to, I do therapy and I like meditate and then I read a self-help book and then I do this podcast and talk about myself. I'm like, I'm so sick of me, you know? And I also feel like sometimes it's like analysis leads to paralysis. Like sometimes I'm like, I am just overthinking things, like blaming my parents and my childhood for like why I didn't complete my to-do list today or like, you know what I mean? It just like sometimes you need to unlearn or just like let it marinate in your life rather than... Yeah, because, well, first of all, it's always going to be our parents' fault until the day we yes. die, until we realize that they did the best that they could from what their parents gave them. And then when we can accept them for where they're at and that they're never going to quite be as enlightened as us, right? Um, <laughs> then, then we can have fun and just like love them because that's yeah. really all they want is for their kids to love them and not blame them for anything because... I don't know. I true. I know when I have a kid, I'm going to just go back to my parents and hug them so tight and be like, oh thank you God. so much for, for like, of course you were smothering me. You love me beyond like you were scared. Like they're all scared. They're all doing the best yes. that they can. And as far as what you said about, you, see, I'm like, first of all, I have brain fog, like nobody's oh, me business. Too. I cannot remember words. <laughs> I'm like, do you smoke weed? Cause I'm like, that's my problem. I don't even smoke weed. And I oh still God. have that no, problem. I have like a memory problem. Same. I, I honestly feel like that's a whole other story. But yeah. you said something <laughs> that will come to my mind. Okay. 
No, I have been on this podcast before interviewing people. No bullshit. And I'm like, wait, where am I? Like, I literally lost my train of thought so much so that I had to like regather myself for like two minutes. It was humiliating. You said you think about you too much. That's the root of all of our problems is we're all thinking, especially if you're in like personal development and healing the trauma and all that stuff. It's like you start to think about yourself, especially being on social media. If you, you know, if you're a person, which we all are on and off, but people who are influencers and film themselves a lot, like I'm so over myself. I know. And anytime I'm like really unhappy, it's because I'm thinking about myself way too much. And I'm not, I'm not in service. I'm not asking somebody, how are you doing? And really listening to the answer. And so, yeah, like that was, that's huge. That's like a huge, if you can be aware of that, like, okay, I'm thinking about myself too much. That's Mm -hmm. such a gift because then you can know what the solution is, which is to get into service of somebody else. Right. Because like depression is really like a lack of connection in so many ways. And like those feelings are all rooted in feeling disconnected from people. And just like breathing your own exhaust all day long is just a really can be like a nauseating thing to do. By the way, I am the biggest proponent of therapy and love it and couldn't survive without it right now in my life. But I also feel like the other day I was like reading a self-help book and I was like, maybe next time we go for like a little light YA novel, you know, like maybe we go for a little love story, like rather than just like beating myself up all the time, you know? Yeah, because there's only so much healing you can do and growing you can do. And sometimes you do need a break to let it. It's like doing yoga poses over and over and over again without having that. What is it? Shavasana where you lay and actually let all the information sink in and all the poses like play with it, play with it for a while, take a break, let the therapy do its magic, watch the results. Because oftentimes we grow and we're not even aware that we've made progress without like watching us in the world and seeing how we act and then going, oh my God, I actually responded differently, like way differently than I used to. Okay. I've made progress. That's a good thing. Let's keep like, it's okay to mess up still, even though you've done the work. How long have you been in therapy? I'm not in it right now. My therapy has been from all different avenues. Traditional talk therapy, I don't know. I started when I was in my early 20s, but it was never a, you know, consistently weekly thing. You know, I'd I'd go for like every week for like a a month or two and then I'd take six months off and I would kind of go when I felt that irritability kick in, but I got so much healing from doing different workshops. Like all the workshops that exist, I would just go and learn different modalities of healing and then the same in that way. Yeah. (laughs) Probably seen you there. (laughs) Yes. I know. Seriously. So have you always been super attracted to self-help in like that world or like was there a catalyst that sparked that interest? I think I've always had a spiritual aspect of like seeking and wanting more and wanting to find out why things are that the way they are and all and always curious of why I'm functioning the way that I'm functioning but it wasn't until I started to abuse alcohol that I that I kind of got catapulted and and forced into change around 20 23 years old so I stopped drinking and then of course that leaves room to like really be aware and present and see what's you know what's really going on and so I think I got it around 23 when I got sober and started you know the healing journey yeah and and, that'll do it yeah that'll do it right so can we go back to when you were 23 that seems like a big sliding door moment in your life you got a DUI as I understand right I got arrested for one I didn't actually get one 
Okay, Thank that's God. traumatic enough, probably, right? Well, yeah, especially when they're pulling you over because you didn't turn on your headlights. Yeah, like, can you tell the story? So, like, <laughs> I'm like, this is just a crazy moment. I was, so I did Second City, which is an improv school in Hollywood. And every Tuesday I had class. And after mm-hmm. class, we would go to Big Wang's and sing karaoke. And of course, I would always say, my go-to song was Mr. Jones. But then occasionally I would throw in Katy Perry and like run around. Which Katy like, Perry? Oh, E.T. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then I would, you know, dance and like, and act like I was in concert. <laughs> That's a hard note to hit. Those, those, there's Which, some hard notes in there. Yeah, there are. There it's, are. A, it's a vocally challenging song. But I was drinking, so I, I think so, I, in my head I was hitting them very yes. well. Yeah. And I, you know, after one night, um, I, I drank a lot up until then like Mm -hmm. I I, I could have stopped at any time but for some reason on this night particularly I was actually borrowing my mom's car and so I didn't know the functions of it and I got in the car like driving home of course I think at this night I only had three drinks over a course of a few hours which was for me a very light night and I get in the car and I get within a minute um, I'm on the phone which you're not this was 2012 yeah I still think you weren't supposed to be Remember when you were allowed to be? That's that was so crazy. I, that's so crazy. But we weren't like on Instagram. Like exactly. The only thing you were doing was calling. And, yeah. And, and texting, which yeah. is not not good. Don't no. do it. <laughs> yes, but fine. it's the lesser of now all. Now people are like going live. Yeah. <laughs> while still driving, um, and making TikToks. So yeah, I get I get pulled over, and I was like, ah oh, man, it's because I'm on my phone. Dang mm-hmm. it. Oh, you, it didn't even occur to you. Like fuck, I drank. No. Okay. Because three drinks in three hours. I know. Like, no, I know. I'm just always, like, when I see a police officer, I literally think of, like, everything that I, I, I like, panic. Oh, yeah. You know? Same. I'm like, they know, they know about that When I cheated I on the test. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> fuck. Uh, yeah. I, and I've cheated on all my tests in oh, high school. Course. Like, I could yeah. not focus. Yeah. And they, they were going to know that. Right, they're, of course. They were going to say, hey, remember Mr. Rome's class? Of course, grade? they know. You, of course. Yeah, you're in trouble and you're going to jail <laughs> for life. And so I pulled over and like, they were like, do you know why we stopped you? And I was like, I don't, I don't remember what I said. Probably something cheeky because I'm like, I don't know because I'm cute or I like something <laughs> stupid. And they're like, it, your lights aren't on. And I was like, oh, this is my mom's car. Like, I don't, I'm still oh, wor- sh- trying to figure out how to turn on the lights. Thank you so Great much. Great response. Yeah. Which is the truth. It is, yeah. And then, of course, they smelt the beer. And they were like, have you been drinking? And I don't want to lie. So I was like, yes, but not enough to get me in trouble. And they're like, ma'am, step out of the car. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I did. And uh, they in that situation, me. are you supposed to lie? Well, I don't, I guess. I, maybe I just should have. But I feel like that, if I like they can smell it, they're, then I, I felt like they might have appreciated that I was honest. Yeah, probably. No, I just wonder genuinely. Okay, go on. Like, what a, I felt like it was such a smart answer. Yeah, me too. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? They had me do, like, you know, ZYXW, like saying oh, that no alpha, way. Which no one does that sober. Like, try Right, doing, I can't do that. Yeah. What are you talking about? You're having us do these impossible things. I can't walk in a straight line sober. Right. So, like... <laughs> So did you like fail the test? I guess. And then they, they breathalyzed me and I blew 0.08. Oh, isn't that the limit? That's the limit. Right? It is like exactly. That's exactly the limit, but meaning they can take me in. So like, when did it occur to you? Oh shit, I'm going to jail. Well, technically you don't go to jail. 
Yeah, where do you go? I don't know anything about this. You've never had it? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> are you even I'm not cool enough. <laughs> I know. I'm not cool enough. They took me in and they like, they put me at a bench. And oddly enough, I saw a friend that I was just with. Oh, stop it right now. <laughs> oh my God. Genius. Because I was with like a group of friends from my improv class and I saw him. Let's just call him Matt. That's not his name, but I'm going to call him that for this story. And I was like, Matt? And he's like, Manon? And I was like, what's up? <laughs> like he had just <laughs> like gotten funny running over. into you here. Yeah. I just saw you 10 minutes ago and now we're both here. This is crazy. And we were like, you know, handcuffed to the bench. And this, I female- mean, that's funny, but it's like not, you know what I mean? Well, it's, at the time it was very tragic. funny because we're yes. two comedians. It's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> and we're still kind of tipsy. So we're like, this is yeah. hilarious. This is so funny. Cause you know, I, I see the humor in everything. Like I was it's joking the best, around the entire time. Which they liked. I mean, they were eventually, you know, cops were, they were just like the comedian over here, like, oh my God, you're hilarious. Like they were just enjoying it. All, other than this one female cop who, who walked by, saw me chatting with Matt and she's like, this is not speed dating. Okay. Quiet. And so then I was like, okay, she's having a rough time. Anyway, you know, I went into a, what they call a um, drunk tank where they just put all the drunk, except I was in solitude, which that was horrific. A drunk tank of one. It was just me sitting, wow. sitting alone with what I had done and my thoughts and feeling like Ugh. no, sti- like no stimulation, just like sitting, looking at a wall for how many hours? Like four. And were you allowed to call anyone? Yes. And thank God at the time I did know my boyfriend's number by heart. I don't know what would happen today if I, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know my mom. Number. I don't even know my mom's number. I know. So, okay. You were sitting in there for like four hours and like, then you got to call and you just left? Yeah, I got to call. My boyfriend came to pick me up. I left. I cried. After I like got home and realized like what had happened, I was because I went to Calabasas, right? So like only the really bad kids get pulled over for that and like arrested for like in my head. I know what you mean. Like man, yes. man and I'm not going to I'm like such a good. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, I drink a little bit too much, but like I'm not going to I'm a good mm-hmm. person. So I was mortified. I was humiliated. I had to call my parents and tell them. I felt so much shame. It is so shame-inducing. It's the worst. Uh, because you're just like not going to get any sympathy from anyone, really. Like no. Like, that you tell. Yeah, there's no like, sympathy. Right. And it's like, but you need grace to obliterate the shame. You know, you need to like be able to say to yourself like, I made a mistake, but like that process, I bet was hard to get there. Cause you're also like, I had three drinks. Could I have three drinks again? Like how did that turn into, oh wait, I have a problem. Yeah, I didn't blow a two. It took months after that for me to stop actually drinking. So so did you have to do like community service or anything? Or like what was the aftermath? I had to go to classes and okay. learn about alcoholism, drinking and driving, the dangers of alcohol and like I had I, so I sat in classes and then I had to go to some 12-step meetings and I was like cool that's fine but it really wasn't until the next year like so this let's say this was in September it wasn't really until January 2012 where I was like okay I'm gonna stop my new year's resolution I'm gonna stop you know what my gut needs doesn't need this alcohol I and yeah. you know what it's the times that I'm doing it I am doing it too much you sound like me about your gut. I'm obsessed with my gut. <laughs> the gut. 
we're learning. I mean, the gut is everything nowadays. It's literally everything. (laughs) The gut is all I think about. I'm not kidding. When I hear the word gut, I'm like, oh, okay. Sorry, God. Yeah. So you decided New Year's. I knew New Year, new me. Um, I met a guy who I really liked, and he did not want to date me at all. But I kind of begged him to. I was just like, you don't understand how amazing I am. <laughs> yep. That's what that's I, how it goes. Like, I understand I'm not your type, but inside, but like, yeah, I'm going to change like, your watch mind. Watch me contort myself into like whatever you want me to be. And then you'll see how amazing I am. Yeah. And so he finally was like, fine. Oh, the reason why he didn't want me is because I hooked up with his roommate. So that's mainly, I think, why he was like, no, you hooked up with my roommate. And I was like, that's fine. That was the past. Like that was, but that would just mean that he'd be weird about everything. You know what I mean? Not just more to be revealed soon. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. Oh, is that the person you end up marrying? Hell no. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I mean, no shade if you're listening, sir. Not (laughs) either of them. They're not listening. It's fine. Okay. Uh, but I definitely didn't marry this. This was in 2012. Like I was, okay. I went from being a mess to less of a mess. Okay. Wonderful. Meaning I attracted different breeds of men. Anyway. Right. This guy, um, his name's, uh, I, why am I, what? Who cares about their name? doesn't matter. I you met him. Make it up. I wanted yeah. him. This was like in, I think I met him in November, December. We went out one night and he was like crying, but he hadn't drank. And I was like, oh my God, I never see anyone in LA oh, crying. Access to your emotions. Yeah. yeah, it was beautiful. And he had no shame. Yeah. He was just like tearing up, talking about his life. And I was like, no toxic masculinity. I loved it. And I wanted yeah. more. But unfortunately mm-hmm. that night I did hook up with his roommate and then months later, I was like, but I want you. Like, that was nothing. And he uh-huh. was like, you, I don't want you. And I was like, just trust me. And then we finally started hanging out. <laughs> but isn't it so amazing and hilarious how we actually think that'll work? Like, my boyfriend and I have been dating for seven years, so maybe it did work in the long run. But when I first fell in love with him and he did not give me the time of day and had a girlfriend, I was like, fuck, I'm going to make him jealous and I'm going to hook up with his best friend. So I did and, like, assumed he, you know, would get so jealous and they want to date me and like it was crickets obviously and then years later he was like honestly we probably would have gotten together so much earlier had you not done that like I couldn't get it out of my head that you hooked up with my best friend so like I don't really know if it's the right decision or not but it worked for me I guess oh yeah if he just if I just stop giving him attention and give my attention elsewhere he'll get jealous and eventually fight for me it's ridiculous but that is true that if it's meant to be it'll be and so there's really not not much you can do to mess it up I mean you know don't do anything crazy but whatever you can do nothing wrong with the right person you can do nothing right with the wrong you know whatever Ooh, I love I've never heard that there's something so anyway new year new me we're hanging out but it's very one-on-one, very like sober, of course, because I was two weeks. I was like New Year, New Year, whatever. He was doing the crying thing again, and I was just like in awe of his honesty and his conviction. Oh, he cried again. Yeah. Well, he cried a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever. One on our like third or fourth date, we went out to a club with some friends. I was not drinking. He had a drink. My friends had a drink. I had no defense against the first drink, so I went. I'm gonna drink, and then. We were at the club and he didn't want to like dance or anything. And I'm, I need to dance. Like if I'm going to go to a club, I'm not going to just sit there. Yeah. So I dance. It's hell. Like you have to do something fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just standing there. Like what? Yeah, you're like, Are you fucking crazy? So he didn't, I think he 
got intimidated or something because I was dancing and there were guys around and he was like, I'm going to go. And I was like, why? And he's like, because you're just dance. Like, we're not even hanging out. You just left me and now you're dancing with other dudes. And I was like, don't go. And, and that night was the night I decided to stop drinking like for good because he was rejecting me and I wanted him more than I wanted the alcohol. And then I started going to meetings and I dated him for about eight months and he didn't drink while we were together which really helped me yeah. like soothe that part of me Definitely. that like needed attention or love or whatever it was. And, yeah. you know, he ended up being really lovely guy, but I think fear got the best of him. And he was unfortunately pretty possessive and, and insecure and jealous. And I felt very constricted. And in my healing of doing the steps and such, I realized I my highest self didn't want to really be with him. Right. And so we didn't, we didn't work out, but, um, I'm forever grateful for him because he like helped you reach that point where you were like, okay, this might be bigger than me. Yeah, totally. But I, people are always like, so was it the DUI or was it the, was it the blacking out in Vegas and ending up in the hospital? Like, is that what got you sober? I'm like, no, no, no. It was that a guy rejected me. And I, he didn't, he didn't like me when I drank. So I, or that's what I made up in my mind. I was like, Oh, my behavior isn't in alignment with what he wants. So I better stop. (laughs) But thank God, honestly, thank God you had that moment. I love that you say that that's what it took because that does make so much sense. Like that, the rationale behind it is there, you know? Yeah. Because love and attention and affection is way more of a drug to me than alcohol. I I drank alcohol so I could connect with people in the way that I really wanted to. It's not necessarily like I drank, I love the taste and I I love the way that it made me feel, which was uninhibited and no more fear. And I could say what I really wanted to say. I could dance the way that I really wanted to dance and be free in the world. And for some reason, not having alcohol at that time um, made it hard to do that, those things. But then I really want to do those things. And how can I do them sober? Like that would learning how to do those things sober oh such a it's hard but it was such a gift yeah it's so hard but it is such a gift exactly because it's like once you find that magic sauce or whatever you know what I mean like and or realize prove to yourself that you can actually have fun and be fun and people love you the same because I think people a lot of the time addicts are afraid of like, like that people won't love them without that because like sometimes they think it makes them more them able to be more uninhibited you know like more fun and people are afraid that people won't love them the same when I think when you first stop alcohol or you first stop the thing that is the pacifier it is a little sad and it you are a little weird at first because you're you're like you're not you don't have the yeah the pacifier to make you feel comfortable and so taking away those those things that once made us feel that way we will be weird at first and maybe people don't want to spend time with us but but sober people will and they'll because you'll be able to connect on a um really deep level you'll be actually start to process the pain that you avoided for so long by by numbing out or whatever and so but then you eventually it gets easier and it gets better i love that you're saying that because i think obviously like the way that AA teaches you to present 
your addiction is like it's that it's an ongoing thing, right? That you're always in recovery theoretically, right? But I think that that can feel discouraging for people just starting out on their sobriety because they're like, this sucks, this hurts, this is uncomfortable every single day. And I think like, you know, people are afraid of saying it gets easier because people relapse and stuff all the time, you know, but I feel like you do reach some peace. Oh my God, yes. I had a pink, what they call a pink cloud for... What's that? Years. Tell me. Oh my gosh. Well, like when you, like, it's like when a person stops eating sugar or stops drinking alcohol or stops shooting whatever they're shooting. I, I don't know for the, and then all this, like it hurts at first, but then there's like a, the gift of clarity and things start to look brighter and you start to feel like hope again in your life where you're like, oh my God, I'm not thinking about alcohol anymore. Like for a long time, I didn't realize the freedom I would get by not even thinking about alcohol. Right. Because it takes up a lot of, it can take up a lot of time going, okay, well, what am I going to drink tonight? At what time are we going to start? And where are we going to go? And how much is it going to, like, I may have saved money. I didn't think about alcohol. So I was, it, it opened up space for me to think about so many other things. Right. You know, I don't think I would have gotten on doing stand up or gotten on the Vine app and started creating things if I was still obsessed with like, well, where am I going to go to, you know, have fun? And it's like the creativity started becoming so fun and outweighing whatever the old thing of I gotta go out and be out all night and then feel like crap the next day like that's wasn't actually that fun it was the connection so much of the shame right and so much of shame comes from the morning after the day after feeling like what the fuck did I do what the fuck did I say like there's so much peace in like being able to just know what you said what you did and like being able to fuck up as a normal person you know rather than having alcohol to blame and the shame and the you know all of those things that it creates and just like perpetuates you know yes yeah we don't need any more shame no matter what you've done or how you behave we don't need added shame on top of it no it just adds so much more pain unnecessarily you know and, and we it, shame each other because we know how well it works yeah you know yeah and those that shame each other are those people shame themselves the most exactly i always say no one is any meaner to you than they are to themselves mm-hmm. and no one is ever nicer to you than they are to themselves you know what i mean people don't have like however if someone says something mean to you or about you they talk about themselves and talk to themselves in a voice that is 10 times that, yep. 10 times scarier, yeah. 10 times worse, 10 times, you know? That's why the thing to do is not to react and, and get mad at them. The thing to do is to send them love because that's how much pain they're in. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm dying to hear the rest of this story, but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, that's a perfect segue for our next topic, which is your divorce, which was in your late 20s, right? I got divorced when I was 30. It was final last November, so 32. Turned 32, and a month later, the divorce was final. It takes like, you know, six months to, you know. To final, and, yeah. and then to even have that conversation of like, so so we're going to call it, right? So we should probably get on finding a mediator and all that stuff. That like, conversation fascinates me because it <sighs> always feels like it must feel like an out-of-body experience because breaking up with someone sucks so badly you know, obviously being broken up with sucks so badly as well, but it's like this insanely painful conversation. And it's almost like inhuman how powerful what you must be going through when when you're saying those words. Yeah. Especially with the man that I married, which I got married thinking this was my person forever. I would never 
never have married this man if I thought there was even a possibility of it not working out. So, and I think that's very, that's why people get married. And, you know, I'd met him in 2017 and I knew the minute I saw him, oh, that's the man I'm going to marry. And it was a really beautiful fantasy love story where we just knew we spent uh, well, the beginning of the relationship was like a long distance relationship, but... Where did you meet him? We met on Instagram. He has a very long story for himself. He was like born in Scotland, grew up in New Zealand, lived in Australia, happened to be visiting Los Angeles while I was living in New York. We found each other online. Actually, I technically found him and I was watching his videos and I was like, I feel like I know this person. This is so... Because you were blowing up on Vine at the time. No. I was, Vine had oh. already died. Oh, yeah. 2017. Yeah. Right? It was already dead. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you were blowing up elsewhere. Other places. On Instagram. Yes. Yeah. On other platforms. Yes. And so I was like, you know what? I never, ever, ever do this. I'm going to send him a message. And I saw that he... Go, girl. I saw that he had already written me 18 months before. Oh, no way. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And his message was just like, you shine unlike any other human I've seen in a very long time. And I'm happy to see how you're channeling your light. And I was like, okay, well, he talks just like me. So this is right. freaking bizarre. And we proceed to message that night. We FaceTime when he FaceTimed me. I was like, okay, that's in my mind. I was like, oh, that's the man I'm going to marry, which I've never had that. thought. Oh, no way. You know, in 30 years, I've never thought that I've, I love hard and I love being in relationships but marriage is a whole other story. We talked for hours every day for about five, six days. Realized before he goes back to Australia, he should come meet me in person in New York. So we met in Madison Square Park, teared up, held each other. Wait, but one part we're missing because I've done my research on you. He met your mom before he met you? Mm-hmm. This I need some clarification on. Yes, yeah, so... He was visiting in Los Angeles. He was actually hanging out with a friend of mind. Mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it might have been a friend of mind also. <laughs> and so I saw him in my friend's Instagram story. That's how I found him. And I told my mom, you know, my husband is going to come <laughs> stay with me. Because <laughs> I met the man I'm going to marry. And yeah. she was like, uh, should I meet him first? I mean... You haven't, you haven't met She's probably him. probably terrified. Yeah, terrified, right. probably. And I was like, no. And then I told him that she said that. He's like, oh, I'd love to. So they had a two-hour coffee before he even met me in person. Do you realize how, we, how wild that is? I do. And that was one of the reasons why I trusted him and thought he's an amazing man. And that's why I was so open to him in the beginning was because of certain actions he would take that really was like, you know, no man would do this unless they were sure about you. They're not going to like meet a person's mom for a two hour cop. And then she called me. She's like, he's so endearing. He's so sweet. I've actually no problem with him coming to stay with you. And so, so he, then he stayed he, with you. So he came and stayed with me for a week. We had a lot of Go really... back to Madison Square Park. So Sorry, we met in Madison Square you. Park, 5.15 in the afternoon, heart beating out of my chest, embraced each other. I had a quick moment of, oh, but then, a, but then my, you know, I'm like, but the, like, oh, what? Like, um, just a quick, like, oh, not what I thought. Oh, interesting. But I didn't know what that was. I didn't hear. Okay. I, I just felt like a, oh, like you're not, you're different. You're different. Yeah, our the, friend, the gut. Our friend, the gut. But you're, it was just, oh, you're different in person than you are online. Mm -hmm. But whatever, like. 
he was still so present. I'm present. We're crying. I say, he says, where have you been? I say, I've been looking everywhere for you. It's literally a movie. We don't kiss because it's all too much. We finally do kiss and it's, it's wonderful. And it's, you know, we spend the week together. There's a moment where I'm putting on a, a jacket because I had to go to Eddie Bauer to get like a really big puffy coat in New York because I didn't have one. I didn't realize it was going to be 25 degrees out and the zipper wouldn't zip and he got on his knee and he tried to zip the zipper and all these people walk by and they're like, where's the ring? Say yes, say yes. And it just felt like the universe was like, there's all these little signs like that totally sh- led to we're supposed to be together. Um, one of them also was that he was born on the day my parents got married. Interesting. That'll like, get you. Like to the year. Like wow. the actual day. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking crazy. And so we would joke like he literally was born for me. Like he literally was wow. like, you know. And so anyway, four months later, we got engaged in Australia. I went to meet his family. It was beautiful. I couldn't have said yes fast enough. I was like, Yes. We lived in New York for a while. Then we moved over back to Los Angeles, where I'm originally from. Did you ever fight? Not really. Like, no, no. Not not so much. We definitely had discussions and deep talks. But, you know, I've done so much work on myself yes. that I know how to dissolve arguments. <laughs> you know how to de-escalate. You're a professional de-escalator. Yeah. He, you know, he'd feel what he's feeling. And I'm like, I hear that. Yeah. And even if you're an he, involved person. But you know what? He did the same thing. Like we both, like if I was feeling stuff and I would get emotional and vulnerable, I know not to like yell or get angry. I know to go drop down to my heart and actually just say what I'm afraid of rather than trying to blame the other person. He knew how to hold the space pretty well as well. So we didn't really fight. There was definitely moments of tension where things felt off, but we were really respectful verbally with each other, kind present all the things you know my friends loved him my family loved him they were literally like man and you met your match we would go out to parties and we would dance the same and it just we really had something really really incredible um so from start to getting uh engaged how long was that how long was the courtship yeah so we got engaged after four months of meeting and then okay when did you move in together just two months after the engagement because we were long distance until until then. So we would meet, we would be together for like... Was he a citizen? No. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Got it. Cool. You can see where this is heading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So we moved to LA. We spent every day together. It's just... He loved the valley. He loved the valley, man. He got a job at a at a gym... It was great. Got free classes there. We had our wedding in Malibu. It was perfect. Easy. So easy. Like everything was just easy. You're like, uh, why do people say this is hard? I don't. Well, you know, like usually it's like there's those movies that are like, I, I don't know if I can do it, man. I'm going right. to walk out. And you're like, right. Yeah. And you were just like, you were like, this is perfect. This is for me and nothing can go wrong. Yeah. And um, I actually bought us a house. Uh, on a street called Weddington five days before the wedding. So we had our rehearsal dinner there. Another sign. I know, another sign. God, <laughs> those signs will get you. Fuck the signs. And, and he was sober. 
not from oh you know, my god not in the same way that i was but we almost had the same time of sobriety so i had a i had projected that he had done the same work that i had done I was like, oh, so uh-huh. sober people you've are. You've done the 12 steps. You've done self, yourself aware. Which you've done some work. he admitted he didn't, but he just said but he you just, just did it on his own. Filled in those blanks. Even though he had a really hard life and childhood, like pretty traumatic stuff, he was so willing to grow and learn that I was just like, I don't really care if you've had a different upbringing than me. What matters is that we're going in the same direction, you know? No, that my boyfriend is incredibly self-reflective and like very open to all of my crazy things like that. And it's like, it's the best. So I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. And so a month after the wedding, we're in the new house and I get the wedding photos and they're gorgeous. So beautiful. And my best friend who actually was the one that he was hanging out with, him and his girlfriend asked to take me to coffee. We go to coffee they sit me down and basically grab my arm and they're like, well, we're about to tell you, we just want you to know that we're going to be here for you no matter what. And I was like, what are you saying? Did somebody die? Like the feeling that I got throughout my body was like every cell was just like flipping or something. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but they were like, basically your husband has been messaging this woman because she messaged us and it's dozens of nude photographs and nude video and nude videos of him. And, oh my god and text messages saying you know manon's nothing she's useless i won't be with her forever that's for sure you're my true queen i love you i always have manon's boring she's not sexy i'm about to blow up on the red carpet and i want you by my side oh. <sighs> my blood is boiling yeah was your heart in your ass? I don't know where it was. It was not in my body. I was not in my body. I thought you were telling me that actually my name was Rebecca. Right. Right. And an alien. So they had the proof. Because I think that that's really important they had, they when had you're the going to Insta- approach someone. Yeah, because they had gotten this message and they said we need proof because people knew who you were because obviously you know you had such a big following and and i took everybody and their mom on our love journey it's definitely the most intense moment i've ever had in my body in my mind spirit soul like every i literally was like what 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 and i'm looking at the messages and i'm seeing oh yeah this is how he types oh yeah this is his naked body oh yeah this is his his naked body um, with my name tattooed on his chest because he tattooed my name on his chest for whatever reason. I don't know. You didn't have they, to do that. They all do shit like that. They all do shit like that. I'm telling you. Ugh. They all, you know, sociopaths. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't like, I feel it right now where I'm like, uh, what, 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 what? I couldn't stop saying what? Wait, what? When? Like I'm with him all the time. Yeah. You guys were together all day, He's every day. He's so right? nice like, to me. What are you talking about? You like, had this no inclination. No. Like, no. Or like. No. No, no, no. 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 Like he. I'm with. It, it made no sense. The way he talked to me. The way he made me. He lifted me up. He wasn't your traditional, you know, narcissist where it's like, I'm going to treat love bomb you. And then, and then at some point I'm going to make you really small and just tell you, beat you down. Like he was always like, you're my queen. You're, you are literally gift to God. Like he just was always love bombing me from start to finish. Just, which again, that was a term I had to learn after 
because I didn't yeah. I didn't know right that that's a very classic thing no I just thought he's he we're right here we're present we got we see the love like this yeah I mean how can you differentiate when you don't have the proof of this you know what I mean like how do you know if someone's loving you or love bombing you you can't until you can't know they fuck you over yeah if it happened now I would know because I'd right. go oh yeah I remember this is not normal you don't say I love you that soon you don't do x y or z but i was doing those things too and so i justified it as like no i feel what he's feeling i'm right there too like i do like the purest part of me does love him already i don't need to know him for a year to love him or whatever that is like i'm right here i'm very sheltered i grew up in calabasas like i don't only grew up as only child my parents loved me like i didn't have i didn't have that toxic kind of like perception of um, I don't know if I'm going to let you in yet. Like I was, right. I was always like open jaded at all. No. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I went home and I packed a bag. Like it was like a freaking episode of some tr- tr- sex. I don't even know what to call it, but. So from the restaurant or wherever they met you for coffee, you went straight home. I went straight home. He wasn't there. Packed. I packed a little bag. I had my key. I had a, an out just in case. Cause I, at this point I'm like, who, who did I marry? Totally. And he it's come, like a dirty John situation. Isn't yeah, it? I had which I watched because people told me to watch it. Yeah, how was that? <laughs> it was good. It was really. I was like, oh yeah, this is literally what everything, except except you know the violence or whatever. But right. Yeah, I had confronted him. He fell to the floor, cried, admitted everything. Oh really? And then I proceeded for, you know, the next few days to sage him, shower him, and watch him cry. Because, literally sage him. Yeah. I didn't know and what he, to like, do. He like groveled and yeah. was like, "I'm so sorry." It was it's just this one person. It, I mean, it's pretty extreme. Like, oh, like I'm sorry. It's like you literally like had a full on relationship with another person, basically, who, or, like, who you don't know, you've never met. Oh my god, who lives in Colorado? Apparently, did that make you think that first line that you said that he said to you made the hairs on the back of my whatever stand up? Because I was like. That seems like something that he might say to everyone that he talks to online. I think it is. Yes. I think that's a, I think that's that or he did what dirty, like he watched me and then realized what's the, what's something that she would really enjoy if I say that being said, he, he did seem a bit spiritual and like was into kind of like crystals and psychics and all that stuff. And so I don't know how far off that language. They're not mutually been. exclusive. That's yeah, true. Yeah, he might have been like into yeah. it. You know. But I do think that that was something that he says a lot to people. Yeah. And I made it unique to me, which is on me, you know. I mean, I a lot of it's on everyone me. was doing the same thing. Like, no, it's, it's, I mean, you have to think about your part in everything, but I think like this is pretty on him, I would say. Yeah. You know, like how far into your marriage did you find this out? You just got the wedding pictures. So how long was that? Uh, a month after our wedding. Oh my God. Okay. So then you got back into the relationship. You're like, I'm going to give this guy another chance. Was that looking back? Was that an ego decision? Was that like... I need to reclaim my spouse, so to speak, and like not get divorced after two months. Or was it like no? It, more it was. Well, first I I didn't stay with him. I kicked him out of the home after the forty eight hours. I was like, okay, I need to take care of myself. And and the people that were close to me said, man, and just take some space. So so we took a month not seeing each other, and you know he had vowed to like work on it. 
and all this stuff, I loved him. I mean, I married him. It doesn't just go away. And I thought, you know what, if he's, I've seen people change. I've been in the program. If people want to change, they can, even though everybody around me was like, people don't change. And in my heart, I was like, but if they want to, they can. And he seemed like he really wanted to. So we went to three months of therapy, which was really helpful, but he kept, I didn't see the changes I wanted to see, if you know what I mean. Meaning he kept on that behavior. Oh, like you got more proof of other women he was talking to? Yeah. And that that's where I was like, okay, I have to move on because you're not changing. And, and I'm already so broken at this point. Like I have no trust in you. Why would I want to build on something that's absolutely shattered in pieces? I want to be able to trust I don't want to hang out with you and go, who are you texting? Totally. That's like, what kind of existence is that? It's horrible. And so that's why I finally walked away. Finally. I think, yes, I could have walked away initially, but I needed to process and I, because I really did love him. And I was like, if, you know, marriages, this is a weird way to start, but if it may, maybe it'll make us closer. I don't know. Yeah. There's, there are all kinds of stories out there, you know, like someone starts their marriage by cheating and then they have the best marriage ever. And yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was open. I was open to making it work if he was. Um, and I did, I took marriage seriously. And so I did everything I could. I left it all on the table so that when I did finally walk away, I, I don't have to look back. And then I, and then it wasn't even until five months later that we finally started filing. Wow. With no communication or like were you guys we like would check, we would talk? We would talk. Okay. I, I, and people were really stunned at how much I could be friendly and open with him. Tell me about the conversation you guys had to like, no, no, no more. What was that like? How long did it take? It, I, th- I think it was in February or March uh, of 2020. And I was on a walk and I said, so I know that we've like talked here and there. I just wanted to like confirm, you know, and put it in place that like we're going to call it and divorce. And he's like, yeah, (sighs) yeah. And then we kind of just had the silence and then, you know, occasionally would check in because he still had stuff at the house and we were pretty friendly. And then I think it was like May like, you know, you had to get on calls with mediators and luckily, you know, there was no, it didn't feel like there was any bad blood. And so we finally filed May something. And then it was like final that November. Were you able, like when you did try again, you know, and like while you were going through all those things, were you able to be fully in that relationship? Do you feel like, or were you like always worrying about what's going on or feeling like I'm there's a whole side of him I could potentially still not know or like there could be other things um like were you as relaxed as you were at, prior at times you could forget sometimes like at times I could relax and and be in love with him and then at times I was just like this is not comfortable this isn't fun mm-hmm. can I ask a personal question sure obviously all my questions are fucking personal you can be like Jade shut up but did you have a prenup yeah wow Thank God. My dad forced forced me to get one. Thank God, because you worked so fucking hard to, like, get to where you were. Well, I don't yeah. know what his situation he was. Nothing. He had nothing. He didn't pay rent. Nothing. Thank God you had a prenup. Oh, my God. I'm just selfishly so happy. I think my dad 
like he intuitively was just like, you guys are moving really fast. This, this will just secure me as your dad. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, yeah, he's like, please, you know? And then when I brought it up to the guy that I married, he was like, of course we are moving fast and I want you to be comfortable. Like, yeah. You know, if he was really trying to take my money, he would have put up a fuss, you know? That's, that's the thing. Like, what was he in it for? Or like maybe the green card? I don't know. Yeah, it's very confusing. It's like, I mean, we can never rationalize with irrational I'll people. Have, I'll have to scratch my head for the rest of time because there are moments where yeah. I, there's moments where I fall into it. I miss him so much. And I'm like, I really believe that he did love me to the best of his ability. And then there's moments where I'm like, no, no, because I think about even if I was in so much pain and I love someone, I could never say the things that he said about me. Like I would, that would, I would, that would haunt me the most. It was that part. Like, uh-huh it was like the- send your dick pics to whoever the fuck you want the don't say shit about me yeah why are you telling her that i'm nothing and like hitting you right in the jugular you know what i mean like she's not funny or like like fuck it's you. so stupid well it's and here's what's the good news is that's where the work for me showed up and i got to go wow i must be i must be doing really well if those insults aren't landing i could because i don't you know, like I'm not insecure yeah. about not being funny or sexy yes. or all these the things. The proof is in the pudding. Yeah. And so <laughs> you know? I saw it as like a man who was just trying to keep the girl's attention, willing to say whatever. Because clearly she was probably like, okay, I can't do that. Like you're married. You, yeah. you love her. He's like, no, no, I don't. Like whatever the thing is that Ugh, he needed to say. Desperate. So desperate. And so, and that was the other thing is like, had I not worked so freaking hard to be so secure in myself which obviously I have my moments where I'm not but I really saw it as he's a man in pain it's not it's not because I wasn't good enough which a lot of people blame themselves and then they just write off relationships because of one experience I think they deserved it yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. that's not okay. And that's what I'm not for. And that's what I write about in my book. It wasn't so much to take him down. I, I briefly share what he did. Barely. I leave a lot out, which I wish I wouldn't have, because I'll tell you more in a second. Yeah. But it was more about how can I keep my heart open regardless of another man's pain and behavior? Cause I deserve love. And it, yes, it doesn't look like the way I thought it's not him, but it is going to be somebody and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be mag- magical. And I'm going to take the lessons that I learned. I'm going to f- follow my gut. I'm going to listen to the moments where I leaned back or went, huh, this is weird. And I'm going to listen to those, bo- I'm going to listen to my body rather than somebody's words. He said all the right words and I listened to him over myself, over my own energy. Because energy doesn't lie. The body doesn't lie. The body knows. If your body's saying no, if your body's like constricting and it's not letting a man in you, there's a reason. Oh my God. You're, yes, that is so fucking true. And what I did was, oh my God, you know, I just have to keep growing. Maybe I don't feel worthy of this kind of love. Like I wasn't giving my body any credit. Cause there's were moments where he would say really beautiful things and my head would like lean back. Oh, so you actually recoiled. And I, and we would laugh like, what a weird response. Why aren't you saying it back? And I was like, now I look back on those moments. Oh my God, you look like Mila Kunis. Oh my God, thank you. That's so Do you fucking get that? nice of you. I Like on my 
best, like, like uh, probably four times, and I, like, just keep those in my back pocket. But thank you. Yeah, that's what just stuck out. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. So, yeah, and it's not it wasn't that I had to keep growing and learning. Like, no, like right. I've had other relationships where I trusted the person and I like, you just have, I don't know. Like that was my lesson. I had, a, I had so much to learn. So I don't like, that is like what I'm talking about when I say like, you have to know your part in it. And it's not like, oh, I deserved this in some capacity at all. It's instead like, okay, what part of me did I ignore? What signs did I ignore? What part of my gut instinct, like body language, like all those signs. And I think like, we don't trust those in our 20s. No. You know, and like early 30s or what, you know, I'm not going to put like a decade on it. But it's like when we you have you the only way you learn to do that is by being wrong. You know, it's like by making um, not a mistake, but like being proved wrong or like being like, oh, wait, I was right. Yeah, that or, you know, I don't know about you, but growing up, I wasn't really taught to like check in. I was taught what no, to do. of course not. And so of like, it was not. like, oh, she's hungry. It wasn't like, are you hungry? Why don't you close your eyes and check in and see what the truth is? It's like, <laughs> there was no room for what my intuition was leading. Like, yeah, no way. So I just did what the world told me to do. I still do what the world tells me to do. And I'm slowly trying to be like, no, what's my voice want? What do I truly need right now? What do I, how can I ask myself and get quiet in those moments and not just impulsively answer because I'm trying to people please or trying to, you know, skip that awkward silence or totally. be, risk being judged, whatever it is. But you'll save so much time if you can yeah. check in with yourself and see how you really feel about something. For sure. I think like something that's hard for me and hard for a lot of people, especially with anxiety is like, Sometimes you're like, wait, is this my gut or is this anxiety? You know, and you blame. It's the same thing that you're talking about, like blaming something else internally for a gut feeling. You know, you're like, oh, shit, no, that's actually just anxiety and like an intrusive thought. Like, I'll do that to myself all the time. Like, oh, no, it's just an intrusive thought. And then I'm like, mm, later on, I'm like, that was my gut. It's sometimes hard to differentiate. Yeah. And you're always allowed to pause. You know, you mm -hmm. don't have to give an answer right away. Right. Like, I look back and I go, OK, what would the recovered or what would the different behavior be if I could go back? Not, not because I think I need to look back, but so I can know what to do moving forward. Okay. We just met. He wants to come fly over and, and we want to meet in person. And I really, really want that, but I'm very excited right now. Can I pause? Can I say, Hey, I'm going to take a day or two and just like settle in and see how I feel about this. Cause this is moving very fast. I didn't want to do that. I was so obsessed and excited about this story that I just met my husband. Like, what if I, you know, maybe what if I would have relaxed into it and, and really heard that it wasn't what I thought? I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want him to leave and go, oh, you, you're not sure. Like, I'm sure I'm going to leave you. Like, yeah, we act out of fear. And so now I have I'd rather risk him leaving three years prior and know him for a week than marry the dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's so true, but you have to learn that the hard way yeah, sometimes. Yeah, which I did. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's take another break, and we'll be back in a minute. So I want to talk to you about rebuilding from that relationship and that moment. First of all, while you're going through this hell, you are extremely famous on social media. How did you 
did you put on a brave face every day? Did you let people in on the struggle? Like, how did you make funny content uh, at I, this time? I, so a couple of things. It's funny that you asked that because so for a long time, I wanted to protect him. And I mean, I was definitely embarrassed as it was happening. I was like, I just brought everybody on this love story. And now I'm trying to tell people we're separated. What? Was that worse than your personal life? Were you more afraid to tell people in your inner circle or more afraid to tell online? The people oh, online. online. I didn't tell people yeah. online in, until March. No, end of February. So it happened end of August. And I didn't even announce that we were separated until February. So you're putting out content like just, and he's just suddenly disappeared he's from it. He's just disappeared. But, People are asking yeah. where he is. I don't acknowledge it. I don't, you know, I don't do what some people said. Oh my God, I would have posted the dick pic. Like, right. <laughs> I would want everybody to know, like, I did not do that. I just yeah, breathed through it. You, there was times where I would go live and I would just start sobbing. So I feel like I processed a lot of emotions without saying what, what was going on. I think some people picked up on it. Some people were confused. Yeah. Um, so that's how I dealt with it. And then I finally shared in a really general way that things didn't quite work out and that we are in fact separating or separated and will not be together. Um, again, trying to save, I didn't want to like bring him down, if that makes sense. My petty, my petty ass needs to know, did he gain followers from you? Over the course of us being together? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so annoyed. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I wish they could all be taken away with the prenup. So he's not like, that's also my property. Agreed. It's, uh, he's not on social media anymore because my book came out. So people did not like what they read. Oh, oh, of course. Meaning they hated him. Yes. And so I think they, his followers that he got from me, you know, yeah, started coming at him pretty hard and... So he deleted his social media and he hasn't had one in like a year and a half to, that I know of. So your book is called Funny How, Funny it, works How it Works Out. Out. Yeah. It's, the cover is so cute. It's amazing. The book is incredible. Thank you. I've read some excerpts. Thank did you. you. Did he contact you? Yeah. Because you were honest, which I love. Yeah. I didn't want, I, listen, the book is not about him. The book is about no, me. No, it's not. There's one chapter on you know, where I share because like, I just love your honesty. And like, I think everyone can relate to one part of it, you know? Thank you so much. Yes. I, so I, on one chapter, I briefly share what happened again, just, just in the sense of how, how do you respond? Not so much, this is going to take him down. Uh, but you know, I didn't, I left it, some of it out on the table. Um, and that's when he stopped talking to me. You know, he had come over to my house to pick something up. He said, leave it outside. I stood on the porch and I watched him. Oh, so the book came out, right? A week or two later, I get messages from other women that he had been messaging the entire time. You're lying to me. No. The entire time you guys were together? Yeah. On and off. Yeah. Oh my God. So he's ill. So my consideration... Okay, and then one of them... So. I, in the book, I talk about and how... And saying shitty things about you still? Or just dick pics and... I think just... I think just... I don't know about anything shitty. I just okay. know that it was sexual in nature. Regardless. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, in the book, I talk about how on the second day we were FaceTiming ever, he sends me a song and he says, 
listen to the song, just tell me what you think. And I listened to it and I'm like, oh my God, that's our wedding song. And I write that to him. I said, that's our wedding song. He goes, immediately he writes back, I know it is. That's why I haven't shared it with a single soul. I've saved it for us. And that was the wedding song. That's the song that we danced to at our wedding. Beautiful Might song. Be sick. Okay. So I get a message from someone that he dated for a year in like 2015 or 16 or something like that. And she goes, reading your experience with him was like reading my exact experience with him because I dated him for a year. And I know you don't name the song in your book, but I know the name of the song because that was to be our wedding song. <gasps> I just got the chills all over my body. Yep. So that's, what a s- that's when I was of nature. Yeah, that's when I was like, dang it, I should have wrote everything in the book i should have oh my like, god why did i why did i still have consi- like my consideration for him just went from it just like what kind of stuff did you leave out like well this kind of stuff that you know that uh, were said in the relationship that were red flags that you shouldn't say to somebody like sometimes sexual stuff that he would think about that i was like really uh, like um you know me things that happened um after like during, during, um, the therapy and stuff, things that, (laughs) things that were told to me by people that he knew, like there was a famous person that I introduced him to and he, and he went around telling people that he was friends with this guy. And I'm like, no, he's not. And then I was like, ew, you're gross. Like, yeah, don't, yeah, don't tell people, like, why am I hearing that you're best friends with what's his name when I, no, you're While not. While you were in the relationship? Yes. He did this? Oh, <laughs> ick. Oh, I don't love that. Oh, that was, I was icky. just like, I hate this. And That's so LA, isn't it? It's very it's LA. LA problem. And, you know, telling, there was like this, these girls that he worked with and he would like pull them aside and be like, you know, I never tell anyone this, but uh, I, I used to deal drugs. And then I would hear it from a third party. And I'm like, you're so gross you either know everyone or he's really bad at covering his ass i'm from la yeah i know i it's, know it, people it, it, so don't try to fuck with it. you know like psa to all future relationships well and i honestly believe so i'm a huge i'm not so much religious but i definitely believe in god i definitely believe in universal energy and spirit and like communication and and i remember being like so hanging by a thread of like, should I stay with him? Should I not? Like I'm, I'm, I have 2% left. I don't like this, but I still feel like I don't want to let it go. And it was like the perfect person who I trusted more than anything. I had lunch with her. She interviewed a girl who worked with him for a nanny position. And then that's when I got the information I needed. And so I really feel like the universe has my back for sure. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And so, yeah, that's when we stopped talking is when the book came out and he realized like that I wasn't going to just stay quiet for the rest of my life. And, you know, I don't think he knew just how much I knew about what he did, if that makes sense. Where does he like, where did he live? At? Did he live in L.A.? Or, or did I he think he still to... freaking lives here and he's roaming around oh, the streets Jesus. of Studio City. Oh, my God. Watch out. It sucks. Watch out. Studio City women. Watch out. That's crazy. And like the hardest thing is, I'm not you, but I just feel like it would be so confusing because you probably missed him for so long after because when you were with him, everything was great, right? Yeah, I had no bad memories. That's right. That's that's what I mean. That's exactly that happened because, you know, obviously the pandemic happened. I 
am in a new relationship now. And there were moments in the new relationship where I would be sobbing, missing the man that I married and processing the pain because, again, my memories of him aren't traumatic. They're not bad. They're only loving. Listen, this doesn't happen anymore, and I'm so grateful. And I think it doesn't happen anymore because I allowed myself to feel everything. And thank God for my new boyfriend who just didn't, he didn't, he, we weren't, you know, we started as friends. And so it was very, he had so much compassion for what I just went through. He knew. Yeah. That when I had those times, he would just hold me. He's like, I got you, let it out. I got you. And then it was over. There was no ego involved. He just really cared. And he really, really helped me heal from that, you know, and I would go to breath work and, and like breathe it through and talk therapy and do pull every, all my tools of healing. And I knew that like, I had to talk about it. I had to share about it. I had to talk about it with my friends. I had to cry about it over and over and over again until eventually I stopped crying about it. Did you know women at the time that had ever gone through something like that? Like, did you know other people that were cheated on or like, probably not to this Not level. so much, no. But once I started sharing about it, um, people came forward to, to tell me their experience, which was very healing. Yeah, very, very healing. So you talked about just doing like a shit ton of self-work basically because that is a really, I mean, I'm sure you're very proud as you should be like to open yourself up to love again after that, to trust yourself again was probably really hard. Yeah, I thought thought for a, a minute or two, I was like, there's something deeply wrong with me. Look what I attracted. You know, I I definitely blamed myself for a while. I was like, how could I have been so stupid? What did I miss? Um, like, how do I know that, like, will a man ever actually just love me for me? Or was it because he wanted a following? Like, this that whole red carpet thing. I was like, I'm about to blow up on the red carpet. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is that? What? You're not even in a, doing, you've done one <laughs> Taco Bell commercial. Like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> No, he, he never did Taco Bell commercial. The red carpet. He wishes he did a Taco Bell commercial. I was like, what red carpet? Like, I just realized how much his ego was involved. And it made, I know. And it made me, you know, for a minute, I was just like, am I worthy of the type of love that I want? I thought I, I thought, I thought I was getting rewarded for all the work that I had done. I thought I was single for so long and like struggling and so, and alone for so long because I was waiting for him. And then I was wrong. Okay, well, what else am I wrong about? What else do I think I know that I actually don't? It just really makes you question yourself. But at the same How time... How long until you got back on the horse? Pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I made friends with a guy and I loved being around him. And so I didn't intentionally get back on the horse. I slowly but surely became friends with someone who I really liked his energy uh, he was much lighter energy than the other guy. Didn't have a traumatic past. Um, nothing wrong with a traumatic past at all. Um, but it, if you haven't had that type of trauma, you're gonna feel you're naturally gonna be lighter. He didn't have he didn't have issues. He didn't have addiction problems. He doesn't have like he just yeah. was a good guy with good ethics. I don't know what to tell yes. you. And your body didn't recoil when he touched you or said something. Not to at you. all. Oh, did the opposite. Yeah. I was like, we should have babies now. <laughs> like it was like procreate procreate and I was like whoa yeah. this is crazy I didn't know I could feel this like held and warm and yes. good and, and you know what I could have easily been like no you know I just got out of a you know a marriage this is I'm not gonna I'm gonna say no but 
that would have been my limitation and I would have been shutting off something really beautiful and powerful. And I, and you know what? The pandemic came and thank God, because we were able to spend the whole pandemic together. Oh my God. And that's how you really know somebody. Nobody's hiding shit in the pandemic. That is the truth. It's I mean, the truth. people have, find a way to, but. I don't know. I, what, what's interesting is I've, you know, I'm an only child, grew up as an only child. I say that because I do have a half older sister, but she's 12 years mm-hmm. older and never grew up with me, whatever. Right. Um, and I always thought I was somebody that always needed space. Like I just need mm-hmm. space. I just need space. And, and I remember even when my ex-husband came to see me the first week, there were moments where I was like, I need space. I mean, I need to go to like do a yoga class. I need to go on a walk. Right. And I was just like, Oh, am I ever going to be able to live with anybody? Because I just always That's need space. Fascinating. And then, and then I met the man that I am in love with right now. And we spent the whole pandemic easy peasy. Oh my God. I never I still don't I still don't need space I don't know no I know that is like how you know it's the truth like you don't need space like I always say people don't understand because I'm like really I mean I understand everyone has to have a roommate it's it's a rite of passage it's life whatever rent in LA is so stupidly expensive I get it but roommates for me have always been extremely challenging and like I always say like I'm the biggest proponent of living alone side note I mean I have to be totally honest I've never had a roommate but if I did, it would be problematic. Trust me. I've, I've heard enough stories. I know it is not for me. So I lied to you. I've never had a roommate. But being with the right person is like kind of the same. Like I'm allowed to be 100% me. Like it's so different than a roommate and people don't get that. It's like yeah. you really don't need alone time. It's just a way that, yeah, no, I think alone time, I've always valued it. But I also think if, yes, if you're with the right person, I think it's just a way we justify it in the past when it did, when we needed space or when we, we wanted to be alone. It was just, we thought that's normal. But when you realize that it's not. Yeah. And let me differentiate between alone time and space. Alone yeah. time is essential. Space is so different. It, yeah. Yes. Very. That's, that's a really good distinction. Um, yeah. I, I have a friend. I just went with her to Tulum. We were there for six days. We've never went on a trip. It was the easiest trip I've ever been on. We were literally like two vibrations going the yes. same frequency. And I was like, oh, <laughs> is this what it's like to have like yeah. an easy, like it doesn't have to be so hard. And if you're in a relationship where you need space all the time, I think there's some stuff in the way then. And maybe perhaps there's something better. And that's what somebody told me. And I'm not saying, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying leave your partner, whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, saying, I know exactly. What you're get saying. rid of this fluff, get rid of this stuff that makes you feel like you need space. And maybe that, but I remember a really dear friend, she had said, it's either him or somebody better because I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to let go of the man that I married because I just loved him so much. And I thought there's no one's going to be a better match for me, blah, 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 blah. And she said, she said, it's either him or somebody better. You just have to take this, the space for yourself to heal and to find out and more will be revealed and more was revealed. And it was someone far better for me in a, in a way that I could not have even concocted. And so there has to be a level of trust. Yeah. That makes me so happy. That's so nice. It's so nice. What would your advice be to someone that is in that time that you were in when like you were giving another shot, they found, you know, like they know that their partner is capable of cheating and or whatever has betrayed them in some way, but they want to leave. Like they think that life with the person is better than having to start over. I think know that you're stronger than you think you are and that you don't have to do it alone. 
So, you know, for me, it's not like just go find somebody else, but well, two things. It's going to hurt, but it will pass. Use your friends, like talk to them, call them, call your family, whoever you need to talk to, to like process the pain. Um, don't try to like wing it and, and do it alone. You don't have to. No. Um, and I'm really, really grateful that my current boyfriend came into my life when he did, because I think if he hadn't come, who knows, the pandemic would have hit and I, and I live alone and maybe I would have resorted back to what was toxic. And I didn't have to blessing. because I was in the presence of real love and compassion and kindness. And it really showed me, the universe showed me that there, what else was out there for me. But there's also, you know... In, in order to have clean water, you have to dump out the old dirty water. You can't keep pouring in clean. It's still that's dirt in it. So sometimes you have to let go of that thing. Like that, that there's an image of, um, a little girl that I, that pictures, it's a little girl with like, let's say God or Jesus or whoever. <laughs> and, and she's holding on so tight to her little teddy bear. You know what I'm talking about? And she's like, I don't want to let it go. I don't want to let, this is my precious teddy bear. I love it so much. And God's like, if you let go, I have something really great for you. And she, but she doesn't see it like, cause he's not showing it to her, but behind his back, he has this big, bigger, better teddy bear. But if she, and if she only knew what God had in store for her, she, she'd be cheering him on right now. I love that. It's so true. And we think that Oh, this is the best it's ever going to get. I promise you <laughs> there are things that are coming in. They're going to blow your mind. You just have to trust yeah. and just breathe through it and let what what's no longer serving you go. So, so fucking true. Cause you just, yeah. Cause I think like people talk about how hard marriage is all the time. So you're like, oh, I guess this is just what people mean. This, I, this must be what, you know, like no one is having sex with each other when they get married and everyone, you know, like you just normalize all of these things that your gut yeah. knows better. And you settle. Yeah, you settle. And you don't have to. And so much of it, so much of the problems that I think we're dealing with are our incapacity, to be honest. And unfortunately, had, you know, had he from the get-go been honest with me, which he clearly couldn't do. And I think that's why I was able to walk away is because I was honest. I told him everything about me. I told him my thoughts, all the things that I thought, oh God, he's going to leave if I tell him this. I told him because I thought, you know what? If I tell him this and he still stays, I really, I really earned it. And I, and you know, I'm not manipulating the situation by only showing one side of the coin. And he was only showing part of yes. top left of the coin. <laughs> And then withholding everything else. And, and if you do that, I just don't think that that's going to work out because you're withholding the truth of who you are. And we don't have to be perfect to be lovable. We just have to be and, and say, here's, here's both sides and here yeah. they are. And if you like it, you like it. Great. But don't manipulate the person and only show them what you think they want to see. Like that's, that's going to blow up in your face later. Right. Are you familiar with Esther Perel? Yeah. Oh my God. She's the greatest of all time. But she said something about relation, like a healthy relationship the other day. And she said a degree of autonomy with a deep sense of belonging. And I just thought that was so true. Back to what we said at the beginning, we'll bring it full circle. If you can't do 
anything wrong with the right person. You know, it, it's it's that. The sense of belonging and this person, like I'm gonna show you all my cards and like really like relaxing into being your most authentic self in your relationship is like, I think the only distinguisher between like a healthy relationship and not. Yeah, and it's what helps you remain open and trusting and loving to your partner is if you can say that thing that you're scared to say vulnerability is our strength and it'll it'll bond you but both parties hopefully are doing it (laughs) (laughs) and on that note I literally could talk to you for four years like you are I know incredible same way oh my god this was so fun thank you so so much in closing, can you tell everyone where to find you, what you've got going on? If you don't follow her on Instagram, do yourself a favor and do it right now. One T. Matthew's, Matthew's one T. Yes. So yeah, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook at Man and Matthews. And then the book is called Funny How It Works Out. There's also an audio book where you can listen to my voice on a hike while you listen. Um, I have a podcast called I'm going to do the audio book. I just thought, okay, I'm going to do yeah. it. Yeah. My podcast is called Serious But Funny, B-U-T-T. We're gearing up to start our second season soon. And I think that's all I have. I like Serious and- But funny is genius (laughs) okay I love that so much thank you for sharing like all of that I just think it's going to help so many people and you're so awesome and you're on such an awesome path and I'm so happy for you like this story has a happy ending and I love a happy ending I know you know I know we need a happy ending right now in this world yes we do and I think there's one coming let's yes keep let's keep that in mind yeah and all my love to you thank you so much thank you What a wild ride Manon has been on. I mean, I really just dove into the real stuff really quickly with her and she was game and I just appreciate her so much and I appreciate her honesty and openness and realness. It's rare to find these days as we know, but I think her story will either shock you or you'll relate to it in a big, big way. So I hope you got a lot out of this episode, feel validated and seen and know that someone else out there has gone through the same shit you have that's all i have for you guys this week i will see you guys back here next week in the meantime please rate comment and follow the podcast and dm me if you do that so i can thank you on instagram i'm at jade iovine and we can continue the conversation there i'll see you back here next week bye